Hey friend, welcome to the Self-Care Isn't Selfish podcast. I'm your host, Emily Nichols. As a Whole30 certified coach, wife, busy working boy mom, and your self-care guru, I'm here to help you start putting yourself first without the guilt. Each week you'll hear motivating and practical tips on how you can create a habit of self-care through interviews with my amazing guests or quick solo episodes with me. After each episode, you'll walk away with an action plan and feel empowered to implement what you have learned into your life. So grab a cup of coffee, glass of wine, or your favorite sparkling water, and let's do this. You're listening to episode 19 of the Self-Care Isn't Selfish podcast. I am so happy, so honored to have fellow Whole30 certified coach and my friend Vicki Singer on the show today. You know, when I started this show, you know, I feel like self-care almost gets a bad rap. You know, a lot of people just think it's frilly, foo-foo stuff like massages and manicures. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but I really wanted to dig deeper into self-care versus just surface level stuff. And I hope you guys have felt that so far in these first initial episodes. But I wanted to bring Vicki on because she offers a really unique perspective that I think anyone can view as far as your own self-care in that it looks different for everybody. And everybody has their own challenges, but it's all about what you can control, focusing on what you can control and not letting what you can't control dictate what your life should look like. I hope that makes sense to you. As you listen to today's episode, I think you'll see what I'm saying even more. But let me tell you a little bit more about my friend, Vicki. So I learned about Vicki back in 2016. She was featured on the Whole30 blog, and she shared her success she had with Whole30 in managing her cerebral palsy sy- symptoms. So CP, cerebral palsy, it's a congenital disorder of movement, muscle tone, or even posture, and it um, has to do a lot with brain development and how that can affect different um, movements and muscle tones of your body. I know a little bit about cerebral palsy because my older brother, Andy, has CP. And the thing with cerebral palsy is there is different variations of it. And listen, throughout the episode, I'll share more about the severity of my brother Andy's um, CP. But I think Vicki has such a unique perspective um, about her self-care. And today's episode is entitled Boring Self-Care because <laughs> she's coined that hashtag on Instagram. And I think it's so great because it's not um, super exciting stuff. It's just normal everyday stuff that help you feel your best version of yourself. But since 2016, when she shared her Whole30 story, she's dedicated herself to making the Whole30 community more accessible and inclusive for those that have disabilities or deal with chronic pain, illnesses, or autoimmune disorders. And when she's not cooking or talking about food, you can find Vicki in her CrossFit gym or singing in her local ensembles with her husband, which I love it. 
her last name is Singer and her and her husband sing. <laughs> so I hope you enjoy this episode. Stick around till the end where you can hear a little bit more about my three biggest takeaways and a special discount code for you if you want to join in for my January Whole30. Enjoy this conversation with Vicki Singer. All right, gang, we're back with another episode of the Self-Care Isn't Selfish podcast. I'm so excited to have my friend and fellow Whole30 certified coach, Vicki Singer, with us on today's episode. So, Vicki, thanks so much for joining us today. It's my honor. Awesome. I'm so glad to have this conversation with you. When I started the podcast, you were one of the first people I really wanted to, I thought of having on here because I think you have a really interesting perspective on self-care and I think it can kind of help inspire a lot of people, whether they have a disability or not. So, but let's just start off talking a little bit about what self-care means to you. Self-care means the task that I do in order to allow myself to live my best life. I love it. Live in your best life via that task. I love it. I love it. Okay, so let's tell everyone a little bit about you. Tell us all about Vicki. Sure. So as Emily mentioned, I'm a Whole30 certified coach. I'm 29 years old. I live in St. Louis, Missouri with my husband who teaches music in an inner city school. We have three cats. I'm a Whole30 certified coach. I do adaptive CrossFit and I have spastic diplegic cerebral palsy. Um, and I'll go ahead and tangent into that because most people just head tilt at me when I say those words at them. So cerebral palsy is a physical disability that is caused by brain damage. And that's what a lot of people don't know about CP is that it is, it's not a leg disorder, it's not an arm disorder, it's brain damage. Uh, for me personally, I was born three and a half months early. Lack of oxygen to the brain caused damage to the motor skills area of my brain. So that means that my cerebral palsy manifests by my muscles being very tight, very tense, and y'all can't see me, but I'm clenching my fist here because that's what I do every time I talk about this. Um, and diplegic means that it mainly affects my legs. And so there are multiple different types of cerebral palsy. There are multiple different ways it affects different people, but that is how it affects me personally. I do wear an orthotic on my uh, left leg and I'm getting an insert orthotic for my right, but I don't have it yet. Awesome. Awesome. So if someone was watching you walk down the road, would they be like, that girl has cerebral palsy or she might have some type of disability? It's visible. It's definitely visible when I'm walking, when I'm moving. Um, it may not be immediately, you may not be able to immediately tell that it's CP, but there's very clearly something, uh, air quote, not normal okay. about me when I'm moving. And I don't mean that as a diss towards myself because some people are like, you're normal. And I'm like, no, but thanks, you know. <laughs> Well, it's funny you bring up the word normal because like I already mentioned to everybody, the, one of the big reasons I wanted to have you on is because I have a brother with CP. Um, and I think it's really interesting how you there's so many different forms of it based on the type of brain damage you have. So I know I've shared with you, my brother, he is 40. Wait. I'm 38. They're 42. <laughs> I had to think about it. Um, but he was born with CP. He and my sister are twins and he was born second. 
And they thought during that time he wasn't getting oxygen to his brain. So mom and dad brought my brother and sister home and they really didn't realize anything was necessarily wrong with my brother until my sister started progressing, like, you know, sitting up and doing the things and he wasn't doing the things. So his is definitely a lot more severe. Um, he doesn't, he isn't able to walk except without assistance. And, um, you know, he's 42 now and he crawls around a lot on his knees and we just found out he has bursitis in his knees and he's right. starting to get a little achy and he can't really communicate with that with us. And, um, he does have a hard time swallowing. That's kind of became an issue more and more throughout the years. Um, but he's doing really well. He lives um, just like two minutes from me and my family with um, his BFF, Christopher, who um, has Down syndrome, and he's my age as well. And they're just best buddies and have 24-hour caregivers that help take care of them. But um, like I said, with you mentioning normal, growing up as a, as a younger sister, as a sibling from, with someone that had CP. I thought it was normal. I didn't see anything different. That was just my brother, Andy. And I'm wondering from your perspective, because Andy can't communicate with the, with uh, how he feels about his, his CP. Does it feel normal to you? It's just part of who you are? Or are you like, I'm not defined by my CP? Because I think there's a fine line where, you know what I mean? You know what I'm trying to say? I get what you mean, but the answer is both. Got it. Okay. Um, you know, there are so many ways in which, like, yes, my CP is a part of me, and yes, my experience with experiences with CP have made me who I am, right? Because of my CP, because of the bullying I experienced mm -hmm. at school, because of those specific formative moments and how other kids treated me and how adults interacted with me and, you know, other opportunities that I had because of my disability. I went to a facility called Capper Foundation, um, which was founded in 1920 by Kansas Senator Arthur Capper. Um, they do PT, OT, rec therapy, and preschool for kids with disability isn't it's half kids with disabilities half what they called pure models um and so i got to do so much stuff that maybe other kids with disabilities or normal kids didn't get to do um got to do a lot of horseback riding thing i really loved you know so things like that were very formative they made me a more compassionate individual they made me very interested in doing whatever i could do and that there wasn't always a you can't yeah that said there were plenty of times where there was that you can't do that your legs can't do that hey you're you say for you kind of a deal um and it took a long time for me to get past the idea of i have to think about my words for this okay. to get past the idea that because my legs looked different, that I was broken. Got it. Um, because unlike a lot of people with CP, and I don't have stats on this, but just from my own general experience, I have only met two other people who are like me. Um, air quotes there. And that's not, that's not saying the internet. I'm saying in person. I have met two people who are 
cognitively there and not functioning at a much lower level, but still have a disability. Now online that, that is skewed clearly because you know, reasons most people don't use social media um, if they struggle cognitively. Um, And so it's really weird to sit there and say, well, I'm not defined by it. Like this, my CP does not make me who I am, but it is part of what has shaped who I am. Might be a good way of saying that. Um, It really took whole 30 for me to understand that. Um, so as I've mentioned, I'm a whole 30 certified coach and I know you guys know that Emily is too. Um, and the first time I did whole 30, um, one of my very good friends was like, you should do whole 30. You're going to feel so much better. And I'm like, it's food. Mm-hmm. Also, um, the CP is permanent. I don't know if you know this, but like, this is permanent and it's not going anywhere. You can't fix it with food. I was was so not having any of that. Um, And I did it. And the first seven days, I was so mad, right? You took away my sugar. You took away all the things I wanted to have. Oh, my gosh. And day seven, I stood up without pain, without my orthotic for the first time in almost two years. And I had a moment of oh, maybe I can walk out without my brace. Mm-hmm. Oh. And I finished that round, you know, did a reintroduction, but really struggled with, like, parsing things out to where I wasn't, like, cross-contaminating. I'm air-quoting them, guys. <laughs> cross-contaminating, you know. Oh, look, I had toast but I made it with grilled cheese and now I don't know which one of the things did the thing. I'm so bad at that. Right. We all are that first. We time. all are that first reintroduction. Uh, and so I've done multiple further rounds of pull 30, but I remember, I guess it was probably after my third round, there was a big hubbubaloo online about whole 30 is harmful and whole 30 is diet culture and it's the worst diet and da 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 da. And I was ticked, right? This was before I was coached. This was before the coaching program existed. Nothing, nada. And I was so mad because what Whole30 had given me was the power to know that I was not controlled or defined by the symptoms of CP that manifested for me. And that I had control... And I, I say control lightly, you know, it's, it's not a, I have ironclad control. No, guys, I don't have ironclad control. No, that's not true. Um, but like, I have a choice about what I do that affects me, right? And what I eat that affects me and whether or not I drink enough water and whether or not I do my physical therapy stretches and, you know, actually take care of stretching out my hamstrings like I should and I'm rolling my eyes a little bit because my husband would come over here and do the but you don't do that as often as you should yeah I know not the point um but that it is part of moving forward from being defined by those symptoms from being defined by the pain that I was in day to day 
And if anything, that's what Whole30 gave me was the freedom to know who I was without being defined by my disability. Yeah. You found the freedom to be yourself. And it sounds like you found a little bit of, like you said, power and control and to try to help those symptoms a little bit just by changing what you put on your plate and realizing what things maybe inflamed certain things and made it a little more difficult for you. Exactly. And so that's where, you know, I feel like my definition of self-care is really different from what you see on Instagram, from what you see on, you know, hashtag self-care, Sunday self-care. Um, you know, because you see all those really gorgeous pictures, right? The guys, they're gorgeous. Pictures of, like, these bathtubs with these pretty strewn flower petals and, like, <laughs> fancy Epsom salts and pretty candles. Like, guys, they're gorgeous, okay? Like, we all want the, like, fantasy of that being self-care, right? How's that saying go? Oh yeah, all things are possible with coffee and mascara. (laughs) Well, that's certainly true for me and I love to have my coffee every morning after my workout and I don't really leave the house without mascara. So my fellow blondies, I know you feel me on this. But gang, check it out. Having my coffee every morning is part of my self-care routine and I always take my coffee blended with nut pods and coconut oil. So Nut Pods is a dairy-free creamer. It's made from a blend of almond butter and coconut cream. I love the French vanilla flavor. It's my favorite. It's super yummy, super smooth, but even better, it's Whole30 approved. So gang, head on over to nutpods.com and use the code EMILYNICHOLS22 to get 15% off your first order of Nut Pods. That's EMILYNICHOLS22, E-M-I-L-Y-N-I-C-H-O-L-S-22. And let me know once you receive your Nut Pods what your favorite flavor is and how you take your coffee. So remember, just head on over to nutpods.com. It's not, it's not the case. And in fact, even on my own uh, Instagram channel, I started using a hashtag that I call boring self-care. Hashtag boring self-care. Oh. And I have oh, a highlight on my, on my um, profile that is boring self-care. And for me, boring self-care tends to look like, did I get a minimum of nine hours of sleep? Because not everybody is the same. But I am one of those people who does not run unless I have about nine hours. That, that is me personally. My husband can run on five. That's his self-care. That's fine. His is not mine. You know, if, did I drink enough water? Did I start with water before I had coffee? Or did I decide to go run on caffeine all day? Because that was probably a poor decision for my own personal self-care. You know, did I start with sugar in my day? And so now I'm craving nothing but sugar all day long, all day long, all day long, all day long. Or did I start with food that it was going to be satiating, that was going to fuel me for what I was doing that day? Or am I going to be in a sugar crash later? Because I am hyperglycemic. Like, am I going to be toast? You know, did I make these small decisions day to day that are going to best benefit my life. Mm -hmm. And that's not boring at all. That's 
totally what self-care is. And it looks different for everybody. But like you said, that really makes you feel your best just by doing those simple tasks every day. And over time, you know what helps you feel really great, what make you feel not so great. And I, I think the reason I call it boring, right? Because you're right. It's not boring. It's, it's what we need to do for ourselves. And, you know, like you said, everybody's looks different. But compared to all the pretty pictures on Instagram of the pretty bathtubs with the pretty flowers, it's boring. <laughs> it's hard. And sometimes I don't want to drink water before I drink caffeine. Dang it. And, like, I, I've really tried, especially, you know, in that highlight in, in my stories that it's not always pretty. Mm-hmm. And sometimes self-care as somebody with a disability means saying, I can't do that. Yeah. I need help. Yeah. I don't want to admit being vulnerable, but I have to admit I'm vulnerable. Yeah. Is it hard for you to ask for help? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I so, think regardless if you have a dis- disability or you're able-bodied, I think people, like you said, it's hard for people to be vulner- vulnerable and say they need help. Absolutely. And I mean, we even know this, right? We've, we've seen this from Brene Brown's work, and we've talked about the idea of, of shame and how we, we feel so ashamed to be vulnerable and to allow people to see the spots that we perceive as weak, right? Um, so, for example... This week, actually, uh, the week that we're speaking, in three days, my husband and I will have been married for four years. Aww. We will have been together for seven. We got married on our dating anniversary because we are those level of derps. Um, <laughs> they love it. So, my husband has been with me for seven years. Mm-hmm. We went to Chicago in May. Um, Chicago's a huge city. Yeah. We stayed very far away from a lot of the places we were going. And we did a pretty good job of taking public transit and what have you. And I hit a point that even with the public transit, we were still walking a lot more than I had ever really walked, you know, on a daily basis in my home area where we lived. And I hit a point where I was in pain. And I did not want to admit that I needed help. But I was hurting severely. And we went to the one place I was so excited to go. I wanted to go to Shed Aquarium so bad. I loved aquariums. Like, my favorite thing when I was little was watching those dolphins that are, like, basically therapy dolphins in Florida that they, like, put people who have disabilities, who are veterans, who have, and I I know they have, like, a touristy one called Discovery Cove, but then there's, like, an offshoot of that that is for therapy. Um, and so I've always loved aquariums and we went to the aquarium and I realized if I'm going to enjoy seeing any of these fish, any of these sharks, any of these otters, any of the dolphin show, I need to get a wheelchair. Yeah. I am not, um, I do not use a wheelchair. I don't use a cane. I'm very, I won't say lucky, but I, it is a blessing that I don't typically have those limitations. Um, And I realized that in order to live my best life and not be in, you know, to use that same phrasing and to be able to enjoy my life to its fullest, I had to do the thing that I really didn't want to do. My husband had never seen me in a wheelchair Mm. until a few months ago. Okay. 
and I didn't want him to push me in the wheelchair. I didn't want him to like, no, I want to have control of this wheelchair. Don't keep freaking touching the chair. Like I, I wanted that control, right? I, I didn't want to be that vulnerable and admit that I really, really did need help. Yeah. And that's where self-care can be so raw, right? You and I both know this. Yeah. To, to come to those moments, and this is able-bodied or not, right? That we all have those moments that we have to say, I can't do this alone. Mm. Please help me. Yeah. I know this thing sounds so silly in my head that I need help with this small thing, whatever it is, right? Can you remind me to get a glass of water before I go to bed? Can you help me remember that that alarm is for my vitamins? Take your pick, listeners. All of us have something of those things, right? Mm-hmm. There well, is no shame in... Asking for help to be your best. Did you guys end up having a lovely experience at Shed? We did. I I got to see sea otters, and we went to the dolphin show, and I actually got one of the best seats because they have reserved a uh, handicap seating. Well, and there you go. That's have a very good view. <laughs> well, that's great. I mean, and you kind of have to think of it in that way too, like you said, being vulnerable, but also you could have missed out on that whole experience just because you didn't want to ask for help. And like you said, able-bodied or not, we're so quick to not want to ask for help because of the shame that goes for that. And think of the things you could be missing out on by just not asking for help or removing things or take it or leave it either way. Right. And like my husband's a teacher, right? So I like to almost frame it in the form of, you know, when we when we have people who struggle in the classroom, right? Whether whether that's with a learning disability, whether that's with a physical disability, whether that's with classes. Here, guys, I'm putting out my glasses, and once again, so <laughs> um, you know, we make modifications. We take steps that we want everybody to have access, mm. and. I've said this to my able-bodied friends before and they're, they're always so baffled by it. And then they're like, Oh yeah. They're like, we don't think twice about a student with, you know, I'm saying you think ADHD, autism, you know, people that I have worked with have taught. I, I used to actually do the 24 seven care uh, work that Emily's brother is. And I've been there um, just on the other side of it that, you know, we don't think twice about those people needing reminders or setting alarms on their phone. And that's like part of their plan to remember to do things. But um, I've noticed that there's a lot of stigma against, well, I shouldn't need that. I'm air quoting again. I shouldn't need that. If I were a capable enough human, I would be able to do all these things without needing Whether that help is your phone, a person, reminders from Siri, I don't, I don't know, take your pick. There is no shame in being less than perfect because really that's what people ask from themselves. Yes. Yes. Well, and everyone's always striving for this idea of perfectionism and there's no such, there's just no 
no, no such thing. And even with just with self-care, you, like you said, there's such a, a bad rap almost of like self-care having to be massages and bubble baths. Not anything's wrong with that. That's part of your self-care routine, but it's more so in the simple tasks every single day and asking for help and being okay when things are not perfect. Exactly. And you actually just reminded me of a quote. So I actually have to go look it up now because it will bother me if I don't (laughs) find it. Um, Let's see. Because this is actually all the same things we're talking about. And once again, I have found Brene Brown. Of course, it's Brene Brown. Oh, Brene. This is from The Gifts of Imperfection, which was actually her first book before she did um, Daring Greatly, Rising Strong, Braving the Wilderness, the entire like Brave and Shaman series. Um, Perfectionism is not the same thing as striving to be your best. Perfectionism is the belief that if we live perfect, look perfect, and act perfect, we can minimize or avoid the pain of blame, judgment, and shame. It's a shield. It's a 20-ton shield that we lug around thinking it will protect us, when in fact, it's the thing really preventing us from taking flight. Yeah. Carrying around a big shield like that can weigh you down over time. Absolutely. So, go ahead. I was just going to say, you know, like I said, me growing up with a brother with CP, with a disability, even seeing my own kids now, you know, I have two boys that are 11 and 7, and they don't see Uncle Andy as any different than that's just how Uncle Andy is. Mm -hmm. But I know growing up, we'd be standing in line, like at a restaurant or something, and I feel like people would stare. Sure. And I feel like sometimes kids would have questions. And I remember my parents always like smiling, willing and able to answer questions for kids because they're just curious and they're most of the time innocent in their questions. And you'd rather educate that kiddo. So next time they see another person that's not like them, they're, they smile and make eye contact and talk to them. But I remember one time we were in line at a restaurant and there was this elderly couple just Daring. I mean, it was just so blatant. And I remember my sister and I, we were just mad. We just kept getting more and more mad. I, I know we said something. I don't know what we said. We were angsty teenagers anyway, so it didn't help. I think we were pretty much like, are you, do you want to keep staring? What would you have a question? And then they just looked away. Um, and I feel like that can apply in a lot of other circumstances as well. Cause I think we all have our own issues, but sometimes they're visible. Sometimes there's, they're not. Mm-hmm. And I think it's being willing to talk about it and being almost like innocent, like a child and being able to ask for help and being able to talk about it at the same time. Would you agree? Oh, sure. And like you mentioned children asking, you know, this is a thing that has come up. Do you mind if people ask you about your disability? You know, does, does that bother you when people notice? Well, if they didn't notice, number one, I'd be a little concerned. Like, it's it's obvious. Um, kids never bother me, right? Kids typically are not rude. The most mad I'm going to give at a kid is if they run a cart over my foot, which has happened. Oh, Yours are awful. I don't think I'd be happy about that either. <laughs> I, was not, I was not very happy, especially after the same kid did it twice. And I finally was just like, excuse me, 
can you make sure your son has control of his cart? Thank you. <laughs> Please fix it. Um, but, you know, there are kids who they'll just ask, why are you different? I don't know, because I am, you know? I am. You know, or kids who are like, the one that broke my heart one day was like, do you hurt? Oh. And she was three. And I was like, yeah, but that's okay. I'm used to hurting. She's like, can I fix it? And I was like, you're fixing it by smiling. That's fine. You know, thank you very much. But I was just like, I don't know what to say to this right now as an adult. Like, what what do I say? Yeah. (laughs) Well, I think Um, kids are so much more caring and accepting now. Just thinking about when I was a kid and in school and thinking of my own kids and in school now, too. They're just so much more caring and just having a caring heart like that little girl you were saying I just find it really interesting how people are more accepting now than what they used to be well and I mean I've even noticed that so I had surgery when I was six and then again when I was 14 right um and the first surgery took took me from walking on tiptoes like ballet point tiptoes the flat feet Um, and then when I was 14, they took me from where my feet were pointing out at like 45 degree angles to straight feet. Um, and I have plates and screws in, in the tibias and then they lengthened my hamstrings. Um, so there are very visible scars on the back of my legs, um, like five inch scars. And pretty much after I was 14, I pretty much just stopped wearing shorts, like didn't wear crops, didn't wear shorts, don't want them to be seen. They're red. They're angry. No. Um, and I, I guess it was a couple of years ago. I started wearing crops again as I was working out over the summer because it was just too dang hot. And I was like, eh, do I really care if people see the scars? No, it's hot. <laughs> you know, kind of a deal. And one day I was walking through the grocery store and I heard this little girl who probably no more than three or four, right? And I hear, mommy, mommy, look at that lady. And I froze because it was very close to me. And I, you know, I never, normally if it's like whispering, they're normally asking a question. Normally if they're being really loud, it's about to be something really embarrassing kind of a deal. Um, And all of a sudden, you know, so I'm taking that deep breath in, like I'm bracing for, oh gosh, this is going to be a thing that like kids say and they don't mean it as hurtful, but it's going to be hurtful. Like I'm bracing for it. Right. And then I hear her say, mommy, she looks like me. And I stopped dead and I looked back, you know, did the very casual I'm looking and sure enough, she's perched on her mom's side has a brace down one side like mine. And so I stopped, set my basket down, and I waved, and she lit up. And she goes, Mommy, can I say hi? And so, like, I took time to, like, go talk to her and her mom, and it got me more aware. So that's almost an emotional self-care for me, right? Yeah. And I take the time to go out wearing my brace, being visible, doing daily stuff, because I never know when I'm going to run across somebody. Yeah. Like that little girl. Yeah. Because I never saw anybody like that when I was little. Yeah. And allowing myself to be visible 
mm-hmm. as somebody who's different mm-hmm. and owning that is part of my own emotional self-care too. Own it. Oh my gosh. I'm going to cry. That's amazing. I bet that was a really powerful moment for you and for that, for that mom too. I'm sure it was just like, Oh my gosh. Amazing. And was clearly doing the, I am not crying in front of my kid. I am not trying to hold it together. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, Vicki, I think this has been such an important conversation about self care and how it, you know, I keep saying it looks different for everybody, but it really does look different for everybody depending on your life circumstances, your abilities, you know, if you're able-bodied or not, but also, you know, your mindset. And you obviously have a very strong-willed mindset and you are, I don't know, I'm just really inspired by you and I think it's really cool. I mean, you do adaptive CrossFit. I mean, you're doing Whole30 coaching. I mean, I think, like you said, your CP is part of you, but you haven't let it totally define you. And I think it's worth noting that that took work. Yeah. Well, and with any circumstance, it's going to take work. And that didn't just happen one day where you're like, I, I'm fine. It's cool. You right. know, I just live my life. And yeah, this could be applied towards anybody for sure. For sure. So Vicki, can you share where everyone can find you and connect with you on social media and follow that hashtag boring self-care? <laughs> sure. So I am at Singer Wellness on Instagram. That's S-I-N-G-E-R wellness. Um, that's where I mostly am and where I mostly hang out. Let's be honest. Um, I am on Facebook. It, I think it's Vicki Singer. And then there's like that bar in the yeah. middle that I've forgotten the name of. Uh, it's wellness coach. It's linked to my Instagram. So if you search singer wellness, it should come up even on Facebook. Um, you can email me uh, Vicky, V-I-C-K-I, not like my name twin, she's V-I-C-K-I-E, V-I-C-K-I at singerwellness.com. I'm pretty responsive to email to, or you can just DM me on Instagram. Like, I'm happy to respond to messages. Um, like I said, that hashtag is boring self-care. I'm sure other people use it, but I, I use it. It's, uh, it's a story highlight on my page. Um, you're more than welcome to come peruse and hang out. I love it. You guys go give Vicki a follow, connect with her and, you know, be inspired by her and, you know, find, find your own boring self-care routine. Exactly. I love it. Vicki, thank you so much for taking the time. I'll make sure to link all of um, your contacts down below in the show notes so people can follow along and keep up with your story. But thanks again for hanging out with me today. Thank you for your time, Emily. Awesome. I hope (laughs) I got emotional listening to that again. I really hope this conversation um, maybe opened up your mind a little bit and enlightened you a little bit on um, how everyone's perspectives on self-care is different based on their own life experiences, whether they have a disability, whether they're able-bodied what color they are, who they love, where they're from, any of that. I hope this really just allows us to think about being more sensitive to that, but also 
feeling open to talking to people about their experiences and respecting the fact that everyone's version of self-care looks different based on that. Not to get too deep on you (laughs) anymore, but, you know, I really do just hope this opens up your mind and allows you to have really open and honest conversations with people um, from all different type of life experiences and being sensitive to that, not just in regards to self-care, but in all areas of life. So let's talk about my three big takeaways from this conversation with Vicki Singer. So number one, you know, your experiences do shape your life. You know, Vicki talked about, you know, living with CP has provided her with some opportunities, has provided her with some times where she wasn't able to do things, but it all shaped who she became, who she is as a person now. But she, through Whole30, she really found something that she could control, and that was just the food she ate, and that it helped her feel better. You know, the inflammation was down, and she wasn't um, hurting quite as much, for example, um, from her CP symptoms. So I want you to take that into consideration in your own life that, like I mentioned before, there are some things in life that you just can't control. She can't cure having CP. My brother will never be cured from having cerebral palsy, but she's found things in her life she can control. And one thing you can control is your mindset. So thinking of my parents, for example, you know, being the parents to a now 42-year-old man that they still continue to help take care for. They do have him in his own house. He has 24-7 care, but they are still a huge part of his life and still, you know, are over there constantly making sure the house is being ran the way it should be and up to my mom's standards, which are extremely high because that's her child as it should be. So... My parents, what I'm trying to say is, you know, this could, this has been a really hard job for them throughout their lives. But, you know, based on their faith, their relationship, our family unit is very strong. This could have really drove them into the ground, but their mindset has been strong. You know, there has there been hard times? Absolutely. Will there continue to be some hard times? Absolutely. But they've been able to persevere because they chose the things they can control and chose to to focus on those instead of focusing on what they cannot control. My second tip is just talking about hashtag boring self-care. I love that, Vicki. (laughs) So, you know, like she mentioned, getting enough sleep, drinking enough water, you know, self-care isn't always pretty. And sometimes it's a matter of asking for help and being vulnerable, which I know can be really hard. Like she mentioned, um, you know, you wearing that shield of perfectionism, like that Brene Brown quote Vicky shared with us, it can be really exhausting. And life isn't perfect. You know, your self-care is going to look super different day to day, hour by hour, season by season, depending on what's going on in your life. But if you're able to focus on those simple things, that boring self-care that's going to help you feel like the best version of yourself, it's going to be a lot happier road for you versus trying to do all the things and then getting too overwhelmed by trying to do this amazing self-care checklist. Keep it boring. Keep it simple. Like Vicki said, such great advice. And my last big takeaway from Vicki is you just have to do the work. You know, her getting her mind right, 
her, you know, dropping that shield of perfectionism and being learning that it's okay to be vulnerable and ask for help, that took some work. That just doesn't happen overnight. And it's building up those new habits and saying and doing these things over and over and over again and seeing the benefits of it before it really becomes just part of you and part of your self-care to be able to do the work and do these things that we've mentioned today. So make sure you check out the show notes. I will include some links so you can follow along with Vicki Singer on Instagram and see all the cool things that she is doing over there. But also make sure you check out the show notes because I have a special link to get you connected with my January Whole30 coaching group. As a podcast listener, as you know, I always offer a special discount code if you enter self-love at checkout. That's just S-E-L-F. L-O-V-E, all caps, all one word, you'll get a special discount for listening to today's show. Remember, we start January 1st prepping for our Whole30, and then official day one will be Monday, January 6th. So I help you prep. I go through the Whole30 with you, and we focus on the reintroduction and living your food freedom. But all along the way, I have a special app where my course is housed, where you'll have weekly videos from me kind of telling you what to expect week by week from your Whole30, as well as free downloads, including a sample shopping list, a self-care checklist, um, non-scale victory checklist, reintroduction guide, for example, and also daily emails to help inspire you throughout your whole 30 to eat, move, and love yourself. So check out the link. I hope you and a friend are able to join me for my January whole 30 and take a screenshot of you listening today. Tag me in your Instagram stories at Emily Nichols 22 and at self-care isn't selfish podcast. And I would love it if you would leave a rating or a review on iTunes. It makes it so much easier for people to find the show. So thanks again to Vicki Singer. I love you girl. This was such a great conversation. I'm so happy we we're able to get you on the show. And remember, gang, self-care isn't selfish. See you next week.